0: I am Nate Ortiz. I'm the network youth director.
1: Okay, so I guess I'm the network kidman director, is actually the better. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Uh, but we make up <laughs> the example of next gen ministries from an OMN level. And so I have been in this role for just a smidge over a year and learning a lot. And Nate has been here a really long time.
0: Wow, okay. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. okay. For, for old. No. yeah, uh, since 20, summer 2015. Right here, so so.
1: And um, I can say jokes about that because we're actually the same age. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's just like we're brother and sister. And sometimes we fight kind of or bicker or banter like we're brother and sister. And um, most of the time, there's not an actual fight in there. It's just a kind of a banter back and forth kind of thing. Um, But today we're going to talk about next-gen ministries, making it work together. So curiosity question, right? If you're in this room and you are a youth pastor, would you raise your hand? All right. Put your hands down. If you're a kids pastor or director, yeah? All right. If you're a both, if you're a catch-all, do all the things. All right. So we actually have a good blend of everybody in the room, so that's helpful. Um, to just be able to have this conversation. So the goal of today is to be able to have a conversation that is helpful, is practical, and something that you can take home and go, ah, I saw that there. So, Nate. What is next gen you want to jump into that part of it yeah absolutely so
0: i think when we hear next gen um right there's lots of we want to bring some clarity to it where like what is that is that just someone who's now doing both kids and youth and we want to bring some clarity to that because we do strongly believe both in ministry to kids and to teenagers and not feeling like well let's just make something happen so when we think about next gen we talk about the collaboration between kids and youth ministries to develop the next generation of disciples and so that's what we're defining next-gen as.
1: Yeah. So as you start to see things more and more with Ohio next-gen, that's what we're talking about. Um, it's oh, it's locked. That's funny. That feels very Kidman of me. Um, I accidentally locked you out. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but we recognize that there is a need for us to work together because I know as a kids person, I don't want to raise up – kids that are fully devoted followers of Jesus that are giving and sending, you know, to missions that are worshiping and all that stuff and then hand them off and then go, wow, that was great, right? And I'm sure as youth, you don't, like, it's a lot easier if there's some backing, right? If there's some things that you get to then build the other pieces on. And so we're just talking about how we can do that together. Um, Why don't we go ahead and start just with this part of it? Uh, we'll start with the conflicting viewpoints. So one of the biggest tensions that we experience, we can experience in the next-gen world is conflicting viewpoints. Am I right? Yeah. Right?
0: You're like, no, not us. Right? No? <laughs> okay. They're
1: like, they're like, if I own it, that means that someone's going to tell on me. It's the same spot in this room today. So conflicting viewpoints, right? So I might look at something, and I often do look at something, and I see it from a different lens than what Nate would, right? Because if you ever want to know about culture and the things that are cool and happening and all that stuff, Nate is your guy. <laughs> he, like, knows all the things about what's happening in pop culture and all those things. And I don't. And I mean that in a great way. So I can sometimes look at it from my vantage point and go, okay, well, kids are facing this. And he's like, well, youth are facing this, right? So um, one of the things that, that we just wanted to talk about is how to manage conflicting viewpoints. How do we do that? So, you want to dive in there? You want to start it in there? No,
0: no, absolutely. And I I think you know, even though we are in like the network space, like we've also been in the local context. So, yeah, I won't speak for Megan, but I know for me, it's like when you're doing stuff with, you know, like you're sharing space with the kids ministry, and you're like, "Why is there glitter everywhere? Like what? Like what happened? (laughs) What happened here?" or you're sharing space and you know all those kind of things that we challenges and so you know we understand that and even in our space where we're talking about different events or how we're doing things um, right there has to be this this appreciation for what you know each other are, are doing in the ministry space so when there is conflict because I think in any healthy relationship right there is conflict that exists is how you work through it that makes you stronger so the first one thing is is learning how to listen and so um, this sounds like very elementary, but obviously we can have our own strong viewpoints on something, but we have to go into a meeting, into a discussion, saying, "Hey, um, you guys are doing this, and it's it's really you know messing with us. Uh, can you help me out, right? Can you explain, mm-hmm. you know, explain yourself, no, just that you know, that's what we're talking about. What about yourself? Right, <laughs> right. You know, but being able to say like, all right, help me. Okay, make sure wasn't Being able to say, all right." I really want to listen and take this in. So you guys, got to see if you guys are good there. There's know, some windowsills over there, but you good there. <laughs> uh, and there might be some spots scattered throughout, but um, but anyway. So learning how to listen, um, I think, is key. If you go in with your agenda, your viewpoints, your I need your demands, mm-hmm. um, everyone just loses, and it's just not healthy at all.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think one thing that so you walk in, you say like, well, how do I listen well, right? One of the ways you can listen well is say, this is what I heard. Can you explain it differently? I use this a lot, actually. Uh, Mostly because sometimes my my mind is like, you say, as a kid's person especially, you say one thing, and then all of a sudden, like 75 more ideas all of a sudden came to my mind. And before I know it, I have formulated very much so what Nate just told me, and he didn't say any of that, right? And it can go vice versa, (laughs) either way, right? And so i sometimes if i'm not understanding things correctly or just to double check to make sure i'm understanding things correctly saying things like this is what i heard and they're like that's not what i said well could you explain it differently like i worked with a youth pastor once and well a couple times but i was working with a youth pastor once and i just could not understand what they were trying to explain to me like like could not understand at all. <laughs> like, I just couldn't get it in my brain. <laughs> it wasn't you. It wasn't, <laughs> um, it wasn't you and it wasn't Aaron. Uh, so anyway, but I was like, can you explain that to me differently? And then the second time I still didn't get it. And I was like, could you explain it just a little bit differently? And I, was, I literally was like, please be patient with me. I'm not asking you that to annoy you To frustrate you i'm trying to get to the goal of understanding right so that i can listen well and understand well now i have said to you can you understand that or explain that to me differently or sometimes my face says can you explain that to me differently (laughs) right um but also also there are times whenever i'm sure when his face also says to me like i do not hear what you're saying right and so we can give each other cues with our body language we can give each other cues with the way that we even treat each other in that conversation. And that goes to the third thing, the approach. Yeah. Right?
0: So we think with the approach, it's super important as well. Like, there, I think there's something to know how your kid person or youth person receives or processes information. So, right, if it's a busy event or they have a lot going on or it's a Wednesday night and they're getting ready for service or it's a Sunday morning and you're getting ready for Sunday morning church, like, that's probably not the time to approach them. Or you just know there's a lot going on for them just – personally right we are people before we are ministers so just even take that account like hey how are you doing like we often have conversations just life conversations like how are things with you like how's everything with, you know with your family and, and you know just life in general it's just it's healthy and it's good so I think the approach and how you do it like you don't come in prideful uh, but you come in just humbly just saying hey this is what I'm you know like she' was saying like, this is what I'm feeling this is what I'm sensing um, I think is super, super imp- important because um, I know for me, like one of the things I learned early on, and I think not all, some youth pastors, if you've been around a person who just has like lots of vision, and I'll say vision like that, that's a mighty thing. They just have like all the ideas all the time. Um, they're verbal uh, external processors. They're just verbal processors. So I learned for me, I would talk for 45 minutes and I would sit across from the person who's maybe detail-oriented, like a mega or a kids person, like, you just talked for 45 minutes i'm not sure what i was supposed to take away from that like it was the last five minutes or whatever right but sometimes like even liz evan or just even make it like like hey like can you give that to me differently or like hey i got 10 minutes i got a meeting you got to make it short i got time for the verbal pro- and it's loving because i know it comes from a a great place i know her approach is always just like yeah. hey i value how you communicate and i'm just letting you know i probably don't have 45 minutes nate I probably got 10. Like, okay, cool. Thank you. And I, cause I know her heart is in, in, you know, for me and, and what I'm doing. So yeah. the approach is always just, uh, just key in how we do it.
1: Yeah. And, and just along that line, right? Like I, I personally, I do not like to be surprised. Okay. Like I do not like to be surprised at all. And the situation, like for me, I've had to learn So ministry context, right? If on Thursday, I would leave the church and have all the kids' rooms set up and all the things set up, and in my mind, I left it that way, and Sunday morning, I walk in, and it's totally different, it's really hard for me to overcome that. Because I start going into, like, now I have to fix it, right? Like, all this mode and stuff. And and along comes a youth pastor, like, wow, well, we had this <laughs> fun event, right? And my natural re- reaction to that is going to be, like, You know, because I'm now frustrated because i said it differently and you messed it up. Mm. So now it's against I'm putting like the things against a person. Right. And so I would just encourage you whenever like the first time that happened to me, I was like, listen, here's the conversation. I am a team player. You can especially when you share spaces. Right. You got to flip rooms all the time. Sometimes you flip rooms multiple times in one day, don't we? Um, Just don't surprise me. Like, if I'm gonna walk in and it's gonna be different, just tell me it's gonna be different before I get there so that I don't have to come to Jesus by myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, woo, you know? And and I would guess, I mean, I'm not a youth pastor, but I would guess it's the same way, right? Like, you you set up something for youth, and all of a sudden you walk in and it's different, and, and like you joked about, there's glitter everywhere, yeah. which is real talk, right? <laughs> um, or like, why are there 75 pool noodles all of a sudden everywhere, right? Like. I mean, that can go either kind of ministry in the <laughs> one we're talking about. Um, but just having that humility to say, this is what happens in my heart. And so I want to honor you by telling you what I think. Right? So all of these things, we can't have these unless that we have relationship. And I would just challenge you, if you're serving with a kids ministry leader, to have relationship with them. I know you touched on that, Nate. But like, truly at the core of all this how do we how we make next-gen ministry work together Because we have relationship with each other yep right
0: absolutely like
1: I don't know if there's anything like that you can think of as far as like from a youth perspective how that because I think sometimes we think okay I'm a kids person I speak a different language than a youth person and you know say something different say it again differently that's talking about idea sharing but even relationally like what are some practical tips like so i'll lean on you for this yeah. part some practical tips of just being able to talk to each other and start conversation because i think that that could be some of the conversation with next gen leaders they're like i don't even know really how to be friends with them because they're so different from me or maybe like our lives are just so busy you know yeah so.
0: well I, right in any ministry context no matter what you're doing it's know when you're coming to church or you know with you know a wednesday night or a sunday whenever you know your your service is taking place it's hard if you're not careful that everything just becomes transactional all right where it's just like hey megan like you know we got fine arts coming up you know i need this do you have this it's like hey great fantastic and you're like moving on and right where like i said before like we're people so i think there has to be this element that you purposely now you know some people are, are too good at it where it's like okay, like we have your work done, right, kid? we get you the breeze here, right? Um, uh, but to, to say, like, make it be intentional before you get into, like, business or what has to be done. Just, like, hey, like, what's one exciting thing that's happening? Like, what's, you know, just just initial conversation because it keeps things in perspective, um, right? Like, I have, you know, within my own self, I think, man, I would hate for Megan to be in a spot, like, just personally. She's like, man, I'm just going through, like, a, a rough time. Or vice versa, right? Yeah. Where you just feel like... Man, I'm going through this rough time, and you feel like your counterpart doesn't even know. And I think sometimes <clears throat> they're to be very aware of just where our people are at. I think that's going to flow from a greater place of ministry that says, you know, yeah. Megan will come in, and she's like, hey, how's everything? Like, yo, know, how the boys are like, and we just stopped. She's like, talk about that? Or just, you know, she'll talk about what's going on in my life, and it creates a greater flow for things later. Because in my heart, I'm like, Megan's for me as yeah. a person. Not just saying, is Nate doing what I need him to do so he doesn't mess up my flow? That's and that's never her approach, but, like, I know her heart. Even, like, you know, on, on our off days, let's say, because, right, we all have them, it's like I know Megan's heart because we yeah. have a relationship outside of transactional work yeah. things that, that take place. So I, I think that's really cute. So if you're not doing that, you know, with your your counterpart, do that. Like, just walk in their office just say, hey, I just want to talk. How's things going? You know, how's life? Um, and I think, too, is – Learn how they receive information. Sometimes you don't know how they like when, like how they receive stuff. Like What is there? What means to most of them? Sometimes it's an encouraging word. Mm. You, know, you may not even know. Like What makes your counterpart feel uplifted? Valued. Right? There are some people I've worked with, they're like, I don't need any words of affirmation. Just like, if you get right to business, I'll feel valued. Like, got it. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, there's others where it's like, man, I feel like you've never said one. Like, I, I worked with someone uh, in... Like, I, I'm just like a processor all the time. So even at events, I will say something, not because it's a negative, but I'll just like take up a verbal processor. So I'd like, man, hey, like what happened with the, with the screen, it seemed like we missed something. And, and the person I was working with after said, man, I feel really devalued when you say that because it makes it seem like that's the only thing you see. I'm like, yeah, I get that. So I had to make a mental note that I'm like, I'm gonna save all my, it wasn't feedback towards this person, right? but it was just general, but i like, you know what? I value this person, so I'm not going to make that feedback live. I'm going to save it for a meeting after. So that was kind of a longer answer. but um, I think That's
1: great. So if you're a person that serves in a next-gen role or maybe you're an associate pastor that kind of just picks up all the pieces or kind of thing, so how do you value that other person, right? Well, there's more than likely still like a primary kids leader or a primary youth leader, right? There's like a volunteer that rises above. We all have those at churches. There is usually a person that's kind of – Standing above them. And these same things apply. Yeah, you might not have, they might not be like on the decision making kind of conversation, but the relational piece is so important there because they're seeing things that you don't see. They're hearing things that you don't hear, and you need them to tell you those things, right? Like, you need to have that safe place of relationship to be able to say, to be better together, I need to tell you this. Because maybe, especially if you're a next gen pastor or an associate pastor, you might be preaching in the adult service, let's say. Right. And so you need the relational equity to work together to that. They can come to you and while you're on this, sta- not, you know, obviously not while you're on stage, but you know, on Monday and say, guess what? It all failed yesterday. And you're not going to be like, Oh, you know, <laughs> like, flip right. tables, let's go. And it's like, why, why did it fail? What, what happened there? Right. Walk me through it. T- take me on that journey. I think there's nothing for me. There's nothing more valuable. To me, when the when the youth pastor says things like, "Hey, I see that you're working really hard. Hey, I see that you're trying really hard, and that you're trying to be honoring to me. I see that you really want those fifth graders to make a successful transition to youth ministry." There's nothing for me as a as a kids person that has felt more valuable in the local church setting, you know. And 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 there's network things that are a little different in that way, but. Those are things that are valuable to me, right? And so if you're a youth person, I'm sure it's, it's a little different, but there are probably things that like, if you could give an example, Nate, maybe, um, of if, if a kid's pastor said or would say to you something that would be super valuable, like give you relational equity, feel like we're on the same team, like what, what would that be just as an example for everyone?
0: Yeah, I, I think probably I would say the biggest thing is like always feel like someone's like a, a champion in your corner. Yeah. You know, there's the old saying that, like, momentum makes you look better than what you are, and it makes you look worse than what you are. So sometimes, right, like, maybe things are really, man, like, Megan's crushing it in youth. And this she's never done this, but, like, example, like, let's say, like, these are going, man, like, in youth, we're struggling in this one area. If Megan was just, like, encouraged, like, hey, like, man, you're you're on the, like, you're, you're going to do it, Nate. Like, I'm, like, I'm behind you. That makes you feel like, man, someone's, like, linking arms with me versus sometimes you are not careful. You could look at your counterpart and feel like, man, like they're struggling, but we're, 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 doing it. Like we just did this, you know, like, you know, it could be like, we did this giant youth event and it was good, but oh man, like I, I, I saw that that's not honoring to God. Yeah. It's not honoring to the culture. It's not honoring to the people that you're leading because they're going to see that they're going to see. I see the way this pastor talks about, you know, counterpart, whatever that is. You have to be the person that's championing it all the time for that. Yeah. Because, you know, people can make, you know, comments, right? You know, people can make say something like, oh, the youth ministry, they're, you know, blah, 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 this, this, this. As the leader, you have to say, no, 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 man, they're working hard. They're doing it. And same yeah. thing with kids, right? I like, I, I just say this, I, I've said, share this with Megan. You know, I, um, I think kids ministry is so, has a high level of difficulty. Uh, I did a uh, children's service one time, and I think the great, children's pastors they make it look effortlessly and and I'll, i and i've shared this with her but it's like you know if you watch a kid's service not all but like some it's like you know hey we got a puppet oh here's bubbles and here's like this i'm like that's easy i can do that and then i tried it one time i'm like like you, like it's kids machine so calculated but i didn't know how calculated it was behind the scenes where megan breaks it down she says this is why you do it. Kids have an attention span for this long, so you have to do something else to divert their attention. Then you do something that's, you know, tactile. They put their hands. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like going to preach. I think I'm going to do it. And I say, like, you know, he fell on his butt. I'm like, he oh, said butt. I'm like, no, wait, no, stop. No, wait. No. And then it's like gone. It's just chaos. Like, come back. Come back to me. You know. Um, but like, right. But it's like, kid, yeah. like kid leaders and pastors. There's such a, 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 you know, thing behind it. So. Understanding what each other does and championing this. So when I talk about kids' mission, I'm like, what Megan does, it's like even at kids camp. You know, I obviously I do youth camp. It's like, hey, what's next? Activity field, just walk that way. Go ahead. Just walk that way. Kids, it's like, all right, you have your towel. Do you have your towel? Did you bring this? Did you bring this? Get out there. I lost my towel. We just walked 20 yards. How'd you lose your towel? Right? I'm like, take me back to youth camp. (laughs) But it's like, and I, I just see the intentionality of what she does, and me being involved in that space had like already had appreciation, but even a deeper appreciation. Yeah. That we've we've had this conversation yeah. in you know private, so I'm not saying it just in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. But um, I think those are the things like just champion your other person however yeah. you can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the same thing goes for kids, right? Like we look at things and we go, well, only the only thing the youth pastor does is like has plays a stupid game <laughs> with. Stupid <laughs> food. And, and, you know, like the dumbest game ever, right? And there's usually, they do weird stuff, you know, <laughs> jump in pools for money, all those things, right? We look at it, we go, that has no purpose. Mm. If we're not careful, we mm. can default to that has no purpose. Mm. We can default to, all they do is stand up there and have a sermon. They just preach a sermon. If all they had to do was preach a sermon, mm. right? And so it goes both ways. And so kind of we're looking at the extremes of these things of working together. Yeah. But what will happen as we are unified together is that people around us will see. Our, our teams will see, our parents will see, the kids themselves will see. Imagine that you could be so unified together that whenever a family has a preschooler, an elementary kid, a high schooler or whatever, and they are all just walking in step with each other, so excited about church, so excited about the things they get to do. One of my favorite things is the fifth graders at camp being so pumped whenever Pastor Nate comes to have lunch with them, right? Because they think that Pastor Nate is like sitting on the next to the throne of God, right? They do, right? Where's the lie about fifth graders, right? Where's the lie about fifth graders, right? They are like, you know, the funniest little humans ever. But, uh, well, one of the funniest little humans ever. But anyway, and, but the awesome part about that is that they see and they go, I want to be part of that. Right, They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And so we as leaders have the opportunity to model that by working together. And so we want to just touch uh, quickly on successful handoff, right? Because we don't want to lose these kids. I yeah. sure d- don't, as a kid's person, they're like my little babies, right? And I'm like, oh, here you go, <laughs> right? Yeah. And if it all is in the approach, right? Because how I grew up in youth ministry, that's really what I—that's how I'll say it, right? So I grew up in a very, very large church. And so youth ministry handoff went like this. Okay, you're in sixth grade. <laughs> and we all sixth graders, I'm not, this is not an exaggeration. it was a junior high small group, all sixth graders. And we were like, I remember standing on the wall yeah. of the gym being like, what do I do now? And they were like, all right, just go play that game. And I'm like, I don't, and everyone else knew how to play the game, right? Yeah. The seventh, eighth graders, <laughs> all those things, they only how to play a game. And us sixth graders are like, And I remember thinking to myself, can I go back to kids' church now, right? And so how do we successfully hand them off? There's gonna be times where the the sixth graders are weird. There's gonna be times that the seniors in high school are gonna be like, I'm way cooler than that, right? That's just just how that's gonna go. There's gonna be times that that five-year-old preschooler is gonna get out of that classroom and run really fast, and you will know how Mm. in shape you are, right? (laughs) You will, right fast, right? Uh, Listen, I wanna tell you something. Nate's son, Isaiah, is the fastest human I've ever met in my life. His two-year-old is the literal fastest human I've ever met in my life. He is, he's a cheetah. He's a little cheetah, okay? So, right, so we can look at these things and go, okay, so we've got kids that are in these different spaces and and developmental parts of their lives, and we can go, I really want to make sure I do this successfully. So let's just talk a little bit about um, handoffs. So one of the things I'll start with this is There are things that we have built in or that can be built into your ministry that we can allow our students to see. So, for example, in kids' ministry, we talk a lot about BGMC, Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, right? And so we challenge them to pray, to give, and to go. What would it look like, then, for a next-gen ministry to say, we just be the light, but why can't they pray, give, and go when they're teenagers, too? Right. Like, why can't we just say, kids use that language. Let's use that language as
0: teenagers, yep. Yep.
1: right? As youth ministry, because they're going to grow up. They've grown up and all of a sudden to, for them to like ha- not have that, they're going to be the sixth graders on the wall being like, well, how do I give to now? Right? So one of the ways that we could successfully have a handoff is common language. Yeah. is really what we're talking about It's common language. And to have common language, you have to know how both people speak and make a decision together. Right? So we're actually having this conversation quite frequently nowadays. Yes. Like, even just last week we had a conversation about something where we're talking about what are things that OKM and OYM can say the same. We, we maintain our, our identities, but what are things we can say the same? Because we've got kids that are growing up. We, we, we need them to be able to understand and have that place of familiarity. So um, do you have any thoughts, any more thoughts about, like, handoffs with, um, you know, Maybe a, from a youth pastor's perspective, how they could reach into kids ministry, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I th- I think handoff, you know, is it's key, and, and everyone wants to talk about having good handoffs, but I think the biggest piece is the conversations. Ask yourself, when's the last time I had a real conversation about the transitional piece? Not just saying, oh, we have a special service, and then they come, and then that that's it. Um, you know, it's great to get insight from your kids, you know, person to say. What have you been doing that you feel has been going really well for your students? Oh. And they might say this, this. You say, you know what? We need to make sure that stays intact while they're in youth. And so part of that is the common language. Part of that is the events. Part, you know, part of that is, um, you know, not just saying, well, a, a kid came into youth. They're, they're just not making it. But Pastor Megan might have insight saying, hey, I know that child has sensory issues. And sometimes being in loud environments in youth is just not really great for them like oh like i i didn't know i i wasn't yeah. aware right so there's things that you just gain along the way when you have the continual conversation of yeah. say hey these kids have come in how, how how's it going how have you heard anything so I, I just think having that conversation and understanding you're building upon something that's already been established by kid men leaders so as a youth leader you don't feel like all right everything you learned deprogram it we're gonna show you a new way right <laughs> um, that's not it you're building upon what has already been established, but if you yeah. aren't working together, you don't know what you're building upon, and you know typically you know there's a great yeah. um, foundation that is there. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: You know, could here's just some practical things, some things that maybe even would trigger for you if you are working with you know whatever role you sit in. Could you have conversations about wor- what worship looks like? Right. I know sometimes the stereotypical kids' worship is like doing this the whole time. And and youth, they're like, we done with that, (laughs) right? But do kids do this to the same song that you're going to then sing in youth? Could it be that you you can look at that topic of worship and say, all right, how can we we piece this together so that it could be similar enough, right? So that there is the same vein of that. So that we are making sure that we are using songs and we are teaching worship as kids in ways – that they will know how to respond then, you know, when they're students, right? Like in a youth ministry, Um, things like practical things like um, maybe the kids pastor needs to go to youth camp. (laughs) 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 Right? Like maybe just for the sake of understanding, maybe for the sake of, listen, kids ministry runs off of youth ministry, you know what I'm saying? All those youth volunteers, they come back. The one even the ones you don't want. Let's <laughs> say that that's recorded. Okay. We'll edit it, Sh- no, it nothing, out after nothing, this, but... nothing. We'll edit that bad boy. Um, listen, so the kids, right? Your youth leaders, kids, pastors, those kids that you train up that are in youth ministry, what if you got to experience God-sized moments with them at something like youth camp, right? And I'm not saying that this is the only way to do it, but What are the conversations you can have where you can say, hey, around the altar, I saw that God was moving on your heart. What was he talking to you about? And as a kids pastor, I am still discipling the youth leaders that I have. I'm still discipling them. So it gives me an opportunity to have that conversation. And then it gives the youth pastor the conversation as well. Man, like double or nothing on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Right. What about things like I, I went to REACH conference this past November Just because I had a table and I was going to make friends with me is giving out candy. That's literally what I did. That was my goal, is to give out candy and make friends. Actually, I gave out chapsticks, too. Chapsticks make you friends, just so you know. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to my brain. (laughs) It's a scary place. But you know what? I stood in the back of worship time, one of those altar responses, and I remember feeling so overwhelmed by the presence of God, looking at it and saying, the future is so bright. The kingdom of God is so much bigger than the, the kids' ministries that I invested, right? And so what does it do? Man, for kids' pastors, you when you get to go to those youth events and even vice versa, you get to see the perspective. Your perspective on the kingdom of God has expanded and it's changed and it's also one of these things where we get to say things like, I am so proud to be part of something that is bigger than myself. Yep. Right? Like I literally I, I I had a conversation with another kid's pastor that was there and I was like crying, they're like, Why are you crying? And I was like, Because the presence of God and the future's bright and, and what we do as kids ministry actually matters. There's the proof. Yeah. Like and and it was right before my eyes. So how do we we build that bridge though, right? I chose to go to Youngstown to go to reach mm-hmm. to hand out candy to see the kingdom of God expanded.
0: What about well, and, um, and let me say this, yeah. you, know, you know, Megan coming, it, like you know, it was never like, hey, I'm coming, I want to do this. It was like Megan came, and you know, she would be there, but it was just like, whatever you need, if you need me to do something, I'll do it, you know, like that was her posture the whole time. I'm not, it's true. And I thought, man, I feel supported. She wasn't saying, hey, what can I do that's Kidman related? Like, hey, can I do this? Can I do this? It was just like, hey, do you, you need me to do something? You need me to whatever I'll I'll serve wherever. And, like, that made me feel like, man, someone was here, like, just supporting yeah. what we're doing. So, yeah, I think that was a, a great example that you lived out.
1: Yeah. Like, for a team, we're going to fight together because we're going to win together or we're going to lose together. <laughs> One and the same or both. Yes. And I, I, would, I prefer the winning option, yes. <laughs> quite frankly. You know, and I'm sure that all of you, if we could sit down and have a long conversation with all of you about how you got to the place where you're even sitting in this room right now, that you would be saying the same things, right? One more just idea, right? Like I know this goes back to camp, but what about if the youth pastor was able to come to kids camp and really focus on building those relationships with the fifth graders? Because those squirrely little fifth graders, right? What if that opportunity, they they were like, ah, in two months I get to be with you. And you automatically have a win then as a youth pastor because they have the relational equity with you. Now, I know for a lot of you, you're probably like quad vocational and double vocational and all the vocationals, Um, right? Um, And so you're like, well, that's great. I can't do all of those things. But what can you do is what it comes down to. What can you do and what conversations can you have? Maybe it's conversations about, like I said before, worship, but maybe it's conversations about prayer. Maybe it's conversations about curriculum and outcomes. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that we were talking about is, in case of you don't know this, The Assemblies of God has released a a discipleship pathway. So it is for preschool, elementary, youth, and adults. And it's called The Seven Dimensions of a Spirit-Filled Disciple. If You go to discipleship.ag.org, you can download the PDF. But it's centered around things like Bible, Holy Spirit, mission, prayer, generosity, all those things. What if you guys sat together and just were like, okay, so for mission, this is what kids is doing. Mission, what's youth doing? You know for for bible this is what kids are doing to build biblical literacy in our kids so what are we doing for youth right Mm -hmm. and like how can we play off of each other how can we like recognize the fact that a kid might not know all of the things that they're going to understand as a student because just biologically they don't understand as much as they're going to understand as a student but working together serving together right one of those topics is serving like teenagers sometimes get to do the cool stuff right Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> like the serving things where they're like, they got to go and they got to go, you know, do all these service projects and stuff. But what if, what if the kids ministry was like, yeah, it's going to take more people. It's going to take more work. It's going to take the adults, the parents being like, hey, we got to go together. But serving together. Yeah. Like there are just so many opportunities to work together, but at the core of it all, like I keep, we keep hitting this. So I hope that you hear it because repetition is the key to learning um so hopefully you hear it is that the relationships and the conversations are what matter being willing to work together and taking that posture so
0: and and i just want to say this i know as we talk about handoff it's sometimes we always think like oh like kids like like they're coming to us like Uh like what are you doing and they're coming to us but the reality is even in the youth space you have to think about what what they're going to Mm -hmm. so i'll just speak specifically to the youth people we have to be very careful the culture that we that we set and how we talk about things, mm-hmm. or how we kind of are nonverbals about things. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll f- go forward. Like sometimes we could, with our youth, you know, students, they could be like, "Oh, we love youth. And we love worship, and you know, w- whatever it looks like." But oh, Sunday morning worship. Oh, they do the songs we don't know. Mm-hmm. You you better stew with that moment well. Yeah. Yeah. If yep. you set yeah, I know the song's kind of old. Like, I don't like them either. Yep. You are sending a message to your student yep. that is not honoring to your pastor. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. that's right.
0: And and it like, so it goes the whole way through. Yep. So even for, like, you know, great students who they graduate, and I was like in a local setting, they're like, oh, I want to come back to youth. I'm like, no, 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 you have to go to big church. You, right. You're not, a, we call them super seniors. You're not a super senior. Right. Yeah. Right? And and on the rare case, you know, someone like they'd, make, they'd plead and plead and plead. I said, listen, you can, you can serve, but you're not serving, like, you're going to serve, like, in the cafe or in the sound booth, and you better not miss a Sunday morning, you know, like, like whether you're serving a kid's church or yeah. being a part of a bigger thing. And so that's that part of you have to, you know, you have to make sure kids are going forward and understanding you are building in a certain season and moment yeah. for their next yeah. phase of life. Yeah. And how you steward that is important. The same way with even going back to, to kids yeah. as a youth pastor, if you're like, eh, you know, whatever. You are dishonoring the leader that God has placed there. Yeah. And you are setting a culture that says, Well, my youth pastor really doesn't put a value on kids' ministry. Wow. But guess what? You know, I know I was a product of a great, you know, kids ministry where they taught me the Bible. Yeah. And I gotta say this just when I was staying in whatever you have or if we have Q and A or whatever, yep. but you know, I at kids camp, I mean I, I see, you know, you know, J-, J. talk about JBQ real quick, my kids, they're at my house, like, JBQ, JBQ, BQ, and, like, and, you know, I'm, it was so funny, I, I was with my group of kids, and this is my first, my kids camp, I was just as dad and as a room leader, but I'm out, I'm out there in the field, if you've been to kids camp, when they have just the, the, you know, the glow stick party, and everyone's having fun, and and all my kids, like, they're hanging out, I'm trying to make sure I don't lose people, you know, all that good stuff, and so, um, they're like, Let, let's go do J- get our JBQ beats, I'm like, we just got here, guys. Come on, the party's going. Like, my youth pastor part of me is like, come on, let's get some glow sticks. Let's get it cracking. It's like, no, we're going to do JPQ. I'm like, my mind was blown because I thought, this is a product of a healthy culture. They're saying, yeah, we're going to have fun. Yeah. But, like, it was these kids saying, this is what we, collectively, this is what we want to do. Yeah. And I thought, man, how important this kids ministry is. And I thought, yeah. right, one day these kids are going to be in the youth space, you know, yeah. And I just thought, what a foundation that they have. So what's being you're building upon things, and it's always moving them forward, even in the youth space, to what's next.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what Nate was saying about there's something after youth, right? Here's the benefit of us instilling in them as kids that they're part of the big church, yeah. right? The big C church, the global church, the kingdom of God that's bigger than themselves, is if if we can teach kids that, that they have a place in the kingdom of God, From the time that they're little, and then it's reinforced as students, then they're going to be the unstoppables. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right? They're going to be
1: the unstoppable young adults that we're all going to be like, no one can keep up with them. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? Like, ooh. And so these things, we all work together, right? So one last thing. What happens if you drop the ball? What happens if you fail miserably at the connection of working together? Own it. Own it. And then like we were talking about, with humility, with honor, with conversation, go and say, you know, we should try again, right? I have dropped the ball. One time a really big one, (laughs) not in this religion, but a really big one, I dropped the ball and it didn't help the youth pastor in any way, shape or form, not even a little bit, not like probably, it didn't help him at all, okay? And after we dealt with that, right, it was like, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize I owned it. I had to own it with humility. And you know what? There was something powerful about that moment because I hated that. I don't like to make mistakes. I don't, I mean, I own up to things, but I don't like to make mistakes. And I'm sure you guys don't either. Like, but owning it was valuable and important. So if you have missed it in the past with the, the counterpart that you have, if you continue to feel like you're missing it, own it and move on, right? Love covers a multitude of sins. That's what the, you know, the Bible tells us, but move on from that. And, and there are times when sometimes you just don't get to mention it again. Like your, your mind might want to mention it again, <laughs> but you don't get to mention it again because you dealt with it and you said this is what it is. This is where we're moving, and because I honor and because I believe in, we're gonna move forward, right? And yes. don't we don't throw the mud. We don't we don't need to sling the mud only at camp.
0: Yeah, <laughs> only <laughs> only, camp. only
1: at camp during noodle wars, tire wars, whatever wars <laughs> we're having. Hopefully not verbal yeah. wars. Um, but yeah, if you want to take it away, if there's questions, yeah, we'll do our best to make up good answers about it.
0: There we go. Yeah. So anyone <laughs> have any questions about what we shared or kickback or yeah? Yeah, I, I can, you know, give an answer, right? There's lots of different contexts, all the different churches and that kind of thing. I think it's, you know, there there could be realities, right, that sometimes, well, you know, kids space like, man, the youth ministry isn't quite there yet, right? It's not failing. It's just saying, man, they're kind of not in that space. So it probably doesn't make good to put them on the front side of the summer because the kids aren't ready for youth camp or whatever that is. So I really think it's more the, the culture of the church of, of saying, I don't. You know, some people say, "Oh, you got to do it in the summer, so they can this and that." But this reality there's sometimes the kids ministry, just the, the culture of the church. Like we don't have a lot of kids, you know, but we have a lot of youth or whatever. So I think it's more like kind of like taking a landscape of saying, "All right, what what seems to be strong?" Um, and maybe they're both strong. Yeah. But then saying, "All right," um, and I, and I, I believe in this—not one handoff, but like, "All right, what are we doing touch points throughout the time?" Because I think it is hard to say, "Like, hey, it's 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 the fall." Yeah, you're gone. It's like by low, you know, I love my, my kids passes. like <laughs> doesn't <it> matter <laughs> like, like you're with me. Here's a dodgeball you, know? <laughs> <It's like, laughs> right. you know right? So it's more that like hey, let's let's make sure this is a win and I think as the kids pa- I was as a youth guy. I think the kids pastors really obviously the goal is like they have to come to youth. Right in, in, the, in the sense of like it doesn't help a kids person to say like oh, we're we'll just staying kids You're not ready for it, but it's like okay as a kids person, you're like, hey, let's do a couple things, and then this is going to be the final thing that we, you know, we we put the boat in the water, and they're heading your way. Yeah. So I would say yeah. those are just my, yeah. you know, not like gospel, like this how you do it, but just my thoughts to it.
1: Yeah. And and from a kids ministry perspective, right, there's developmental conversations, there's there's understanding, there's learning style conversations, that and that goes into youth too. But that tends to play heavier in the world of kids' ministry. Um, and so, you know, there's those conversations of like, okay, well, this one kind of maybe, or this group of kids, sometimes you just have younger ones, right? And so this is going into youth, but even like the preschool transition, that's a tough one. The, the, the movement from the four and five-year-olds to the like six, seven-year-old world, that is a tricky one. Kindergartners are weird birds. Like they are, they are such weird people. And so, and I was one, right? So I get to say it. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of those conversations, like you just have to kind of, I think you just have to figure out yep. for your church context. We can stand here and say what we, well, what we think all day, but. Yeah. But
0: I, I think even follow up to like, yeah. even, cause I think as a, and, and the same can be said about youth to like big church. So like, I'm not like focusing just like on this. Right. I think it's true to like you have kind of sending your kids into big church, right? If, 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 as a youth pastor, we'll use this example, and it applies to kids to so youth. But as a youth pastor, if I see like some of my students struggling to connect in big church, or I see they're kind of like wandering or aimless, I really have to be responsible, like to, to encourage them to stay locked in. Yeah. Like, or like, you know, to if I have helpful information for my lead pastor, to share that. Yeah. Not to say, oh, come, come back, right? Oh, I know it's hard out there in big church, because that's not helpful either. So I think you know at the same time like you push them forward and then have a conversation to you, whoever's ahead of you. So like if it was kids, you know, like for a local context, Megan saying, "Hey Nate, like I, I came in contact with some of the kids. They're kind of struggling. Ask some some thoughts." And the relationship should be strong enough that a youth pastor should be able to receive the thoughts yeah. and say, "Yeah, that, that that's that's good." Yeah. Because if you aren't able to receive it, yeah, you know, that's not it's not healthy. So. Yeah. Any other questions? Oh, yeah, so we'll come here. We had, um, there's a student who really struggles with loud. Things are a lot loud. Mm-hmm. She's in sixth grade. She's huge. She's, she's had a really rough time with the loud because yeah. kids when they don't have a band or anything, they play like tracks and, and yeah. videos and stuff. We have a live band. It's just louder and there's more craziness happening. Yeah. She's having a really rough time. What do you What do you guys do to I don't want to say pander or cater to, but to uh, Work where I can't right but here's that, that student yeah no if sure. you want to go yeah so
1: if I could speak I would talk to you figure out what strategies they used in kids ministry so if noise bothered her in kids ministry what worked in kids ministry right was it did she have a special spot like a lot of times kids that have sensory things like that there's a place in the room that they know they can go to like without bothering anybody else but they know that that's their like their comfort zone spot or whatever So if you can find out maybe some of those things that happened in kids' ministry, and then if there's an adapt, like a way to adapt that to your context as a youth, you know, in a youth space, then maybe that's your win. There might be context that, like, there might be history that would just be helpful for you to know in that way. Um, I don't know what you have to say about that as far as youth goes. but Yeah,
0: I echo the same thing. So whether, like, some kids like, hey, I want to wear headphones, like, you know, like noise-canceling headphones, like whatever we can do. The goal is it's not to say, like... At the, the end of the day, the goal is not to say, like, you will enjoy loud worship. Right. That's not <laughs> the goal. The goal is to say, what can we do to make you feel like you, you are a valuable part of this community, even if your worship is different, even if you have to step out in the hallway during worship, or even if you have to wear your headphones. Like, that would be the goal. So talk to kids, talk to parents if your parents are involved, um, or even just talking to them that they feel comfort, you know, comforted and, and seen. That would be my, my thoughts.
1: Uh, going back to t- teenagers transitioning to big church, yeah. what are some things that I can do now to help my students connect to big church to make that transition smoother? Really so good. it's not so
0: foreign to them. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I think one of the big things is like always honor your pastor, like you know, because it's I call that word the error of the cosine, in the sense of sometimes teenagers will think something's cool because you think it's cool, or like oh they're into this, like so I'm into it, right? That's just that's how it goes. I think it'd be intentional how you talk to, so like, whether your pastor preached a sermon, and like, the, all the youth were in there. You say, man, that was a good sermon that pastor preached. Like, I really enjoyed it. I really got something from it. Um, have your pastor come in and speak to the youth. Um, and now, uh, some youth pastor, or some lead pastors, I get it. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, speaking to teenagers, I haven't done that in, you know, 40 years. Like, just a group of teenagers, <laughs> right? Um, set them up for the win. Always set your lead pastor up for the win. So you say, hey, why don't we do an interview style? Here's the questions. And, like, you're putting your pastor in front of the kids. Um, you know like whether it's a service or do it you know do something like bringing the kids like, hey we're all gonna sit together you know in the service or it's a special next gen service or something like that so I think always just like talking to the pastor and honoring your pastor because I think that's going to be in the heart of your um, of your students and so and you know just check with them if they're having a hard time connecting say hey what's going on like oh like I you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't really I like when you preach or it's like that kind of stuff it's like I get that I appreciate that but I think if you give it a chance you're really gonna Benefit. There's lots of people in this room who benefit from it, and I think you'll be one of them, too. Yeah. So sometimes it takes time, but those are some things that you know I, I would recommend. But yeah, no problem. Any other questions? No. Look at that. They got it
1: all figured out. I know it. Every last bit of it. I know it. We should start asking them questions, and they'll tell us the
0: answers. That's it. Well, maybe both of them are in the room. They're like, I got stuff to say, but I can't say it right now. Cause my- real
1: <laughs> talk. Real talk. Okay. Okay. All right. But if that's you and you're feeling that, I would encourage you to think through what's, what's, the, what's the battle you need to fight, right? Because not everything's the battle that's worth it, and not everything is worth the relational equity. I'm just saying. Over the course of years dealing with kids and youth ministry, not everything's worth it. There are some things that are worth it, but yep. not everything's worth it. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, hey, we'll be up here if you guys have any questions, but we let you guys get out a little bit early. Does that sound? Does that sound good. good?